Pleasant good evening to you and welcome to another episode of Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone right here on TDN Radio. It is always great to be back in your company for Untapped Potential on TDN Radio every Tuesday at 5.30 Eastern Standard Time. This is where we stop by to get energized and powered up for the week and to remind ourselves of the important life goals that we have set out for ourselves. So again, it is great to be back with you to get powered up and to get energized for the week ahead. I always look forward to this time. So this is where we come. We enjoy some great conversation. We enjoy some good music. We have a tip of the week and then we get ourselves ready for the week ahead. So again, welcome to the program. I hope that the weather is beautiful in your area. We have been enjoying some seasonable weather here in Georgia. So from the lows of the 60s in the mornings to the highs of the 80s in the afternoon, we are not complaining about the weather in our area. So I hope you too are enjoying some beautiful weather in your area and you're using the opportunity if you're able to, to get out and to enjoy the beautiful weather or simply to open a window and let the beautiful weather come in if you're unable to go out. As always, we like to start the program on a note of gratitude. So what are you grateful for today? I hope that you're grateful simply for waking up this morning for the life that you've been blessed with for yet another day. Uh, we are also grateful for healthcare. You know, last week I had my yearly dental checkup just to make sure, you know, no problems in that area. <laughs> so I'm always uh, someone who likes to be proactive about these things. And you know, while I was just having my teeth clean and uh, getting that checkup, I just thought about the people in Sudan. Sudan has been on the news quite a bit this week with regards to war, with regards to climate change issues that they're experiencing. And it just reminded me, <coughs> excuse me, it just reminded me to be grateful for everything. Excuse me, not sure where that cough came from. But yes, it just reminded me to be grateful for so much of what we take for granted here in the U.S., in North America, uh, the healthcare systems that many of us are able to take uh, advantage of in this area. So again, we always have to remember to count our blessings because so many people around the world <clears throat> are food insecure, uh, have no health care, and have so many other challenges that we are fortunate to not face here in the U.S., uh, Canada, in the western part of the world. So again, welcome to the program. Uh, today we are going to continue with the program we started last week about rising food costs, rising NCDs, non-communicable disease such as heart problems such as strokes, such as diabetes, and how do we still manage our health despite those rising prices? So we began the conversation last week. We played you the first part of a pre-recorded uh, program that we did with Indigenous Bushman, Halima Thomas, and JD, uh, Jody Dublin from JD's Natural. So today I want to bring you the second portion of this program, and you will want to stay tuned for the end of the program because we have yet another important announcement 
regarding education opportunities for our Caribbean uh, people at home and abroad. So let us enjoy this number from Signal Band, a song entitled Annie Bio Love, because we are in such need of love in this uh, time, in this time that we live in where, you know, we hear so many unfortunate incidents of people mistakenly knocking the wrong door, people mistakenly entering the wrong car. And even most recently, we heard about a six-year-old little girl who kicked her ball into the wrong yard and the neighbor shot she and her dad. So this is just very unfortunate times that we live in where everybody just seems to have a, a, a triggered temper, a hair-triggered uh, temper and are willing to um, shoot. And don't get me started on uh, the fact that we have too many guns in our society. So we have to be more loving, compassionate people. So let's enjoy this number from Signal Band, a song entitled Annie By Your Love. And then we will go straight into the second half of our pre-recorded interview on rising food prices and how we can still improve and maintain our health and then come back for our tip of the week as well as the rest we of the program. realize is that we can still love those who we don't want around us. We can still love those who we may not even want to associate with or ever see again. Now, right now, I am about to head to see um, some of my brothers, my friends, perform some amazing music. Yeah. Sometimes I wish that I could make a difference, but it's just a wish, so I need very good parents. Like Timmy, Timmy, Timmy Turner, I need me a Cosmo and Wanda. Never will I be Michael Jackson, my love is a drug and we need it to heal the world. Make it a better place for every woman, every man, every boy, every girl, every color, every race. We taking this message to put your love onto the world. Maybe I'm just too young, all of this appeared before I was born. I miss my granny, cause surely she would tell me. consumers as we see these prices rising. So anyone have any thoughts on that? Ama, Ava? Um, so I was in Dominica in December and I bought tomatoes because I needed tomatoes and they were $8 a pound. Now mark you, even in the US, if you were to convert the $8, back into US dollars, I do not pay that amount for a pound of tomatoes. And I am not saying that I am ungrateful for the farmers or the hard work that they put in, but you are right. Like $8 for a pound of tomato is like, it's, it's over the top. So I got the tomatoes home and this is how I believe if the government and if there's no policies, if, if we have to deal with what we have, which is, which to me is the most practical way right now because we do not see it happening. There are no policies, policies and bills and legislation that needs to be part, passed in parliament. It's not happening. So let's deal with what we have and what we can control. Mm -hmm. So a farmer is selling me a pound of potato, um, sorry, tomatoes for $8 a pound. I buy it because I need it at the time. I take home my tomatoes and every single tomato, I counted them, has a hundred and more seeds in it. And so I took one tomato and I filtered it out and I left it for my mom. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to plant these. I planted the tomatoes. I think it was Boxing Day. 
I left Dominica on January 7th or 8th and tomato seedlings were in full-blown effect. And my mom and I were talking and she kept saying, oh, your tomato trees are growing so much, I don't know what to do with them. And I wasn't paying attention until she sent me a picture that showed tomato, they, they were up to the fence. And I was amazed at the miracle of one tomato. And that is how we can then come back now to control the prices because now my mom now has tomatoes in her garden. So guess what she's not doing? She's not buying tomatoes anymore. And her surplus, she can now take to the market and sell for maybe $4 a pound if she wants to have a social economic impact and say, hey, this is outrageous. Tomatoes shouldn't be that much. I'm going to sell my tomato at $4 a pound and then encourage other farmers to do the same. So I think that's where we as the consumers mm -hmm. can have some power over, over how prices happen. Nobody's forcing us to go in into any supermarket and buy anything at any price that we see in the store. I see imported goods in Dominica, like a box of conflicts for 40 something dollars. Do you need that? Do you really need to give that to your child? Inside of those, that, those conflicts are pesticides, glyphosate, all kinds of chemicals that are carcinogenic. So like Bushman was saying, if you are aware and then you're educated and like Jody pointed out, know how to read your labels, you're like, I don't need this. I am going to go home and I am going to make, for example, a plantain porridge with some nice coconut, some spices, and get my children used to that from an early age. So I think that's where price control can happen. That's how you, the consumer, can manage prices in Dominica. There are certain things we have no choice, but when you look at the availability of raw material in Dominica, the availability of what we have at our disposal, it is very easy to make I would say a good 75% of our um, needs, we should be able to home grow them. From oils with, with coconut oil, avocado oil, we can make that for ourselves. We can make, we can grow chickens for ourselves. We can have our own eggs. We can have our own beans, our potatoes. There's a lot of stuff we can grow. The stuff we cannot grow, we don't necessarily need it because we are a living example. We, the Gen Xers, are an example of how we grew up on natural, almost 100% organic, and we thrived, and our brain worked at fantastic um, levels to where we left and we became so successful in the outside world. So yes, when you look I'm at- a, give, me, give me one second. We have a phone call coming in. I don't want them to hold on for yeah, too long. I'll come right back to you. Caller, please go ahead. Hello? Yes, please go ahead with your call. Hello? I'm calling from the Bronx. Yes, yes we can hear you. Yeah, um, I just want to um, thank the panel for you have a good program. Thank you. Maybe I might know them or not, but it's a very good program. And um, I would really like to share or learn something. I mean, you're never too young nor too old, old to learn. Mm -hmm. But a lot of um, stores in America say they are um, agonic, agonic um, stores. But I believe in the Caribbean, that's where you can get organic stuff. Yeah. You know, because you get the organic egg, mm -hmm. you get the spice, you get the nutmeg, you know, you get the coke, um, chocolate, the cocoa, cocoa, how you call it? Well, I'm a Dominican, I'm supposed to be Dominican. But what I'm trying to say, I don't think, I don't think that America have 
any organic like the Caribbean. I don't think so. And I will never think so. We in the Caribbean, we have our organic, but you know the people and them, they're not studying about to raise the fowl in the backyard no more. They prefer to go to the um, um, restaurant, um, to the supermarket and buy a box or egg, two box or egg, mm -hmm. you know? And that is all those things that killing us slowly. Mm -hmm. Because those eggs, they give those, uh, those eggs were incubated, they were incubated eggs, mm -hmm. incubated. Yep. Those local backyard fowl we had there. You know how long we have those fowls? Me and you and all on the panel born and meet those fowls there. Amen. And we prefer to go and buy a whole fowl in, in, in the supermarket than mm -hmm. We kill one of those local fowl in our backyard. Yes, excellent point, And 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 um, one more thing I have to say. As I say, I I love the panel, and I have a lot of things to say. But locally, in the sixties, the seventies, the eighties, Dominicans, all Dominicans had a backyard. Mm -hmm. Me and all, long San Sove, I from San Sove down there. And we had our backyard and everything going on. You know, but people don't watch that nowadays. They prefer to go to the market and buy two carrots, buy a cabbage, buy this. Mm -hmm. You can do your own backyard um, um, garden, which will be much healthier to you than going to the supermarket and buying a pack of carrots. That, that carrot there in a plastic, you don't even know how long it's in the plastic. You don't know how far it comes from. Mm -hmm. You know? You have a tomato there, right there. You know? Natural. Yes. You know, we, we, we think going to the supermarket is natural. That's not natural. Our backyard is more natural. Anyway, mm -hmm. thanks for hearing my voice. And yes. bless the panel and good night. Yes, good night. Out yes, from a distance from the Bronx. Yes, thank you for calling and thank you for your excellent contribution. Some really good points that you're making this evening. And Al, I want to come back to you for the rest of your thoughts. But we're also we also have to look at the fact that all these apartment buildings are coming up. So where are Dominicans supposed to do this backyard gardening and raise the fowls and get the eggs from the fowls? Because as we can see, a lot of people are now living in apartment buildings. So any thoughts on that? So, yeah. So going back to the legislation, I just wanted to wrap that up. Yes. I, I feel that we have the power within ourselves to change that narrative. Mm -hmm. um, going to the um, apartment building situation, um, it's so funny that you brought that up because I was doing some research in the last two weeks and I, I forgot the exact scientists that did the research, but what they did when they designed the inner cities of America, they had experiments where they put rats in layers, in levels, in multi-level buildings. And there were several um, social conditioning variables that went into those experiments. And the, the experiments yielded a certain result in terms of people and their behavior psychologically and their um, their belief system in terms of health and their level of empowerment in terms of what they could and could not do for themselves. So what they saw in the rats is that even when you took them out of there and you gave them open space in which they could now function, they still wanted to go back into those um, cave-like buildings that were layered and they, they showed in the experiments how they had them set up. And it's very, very um, daunting that 
we are introducing a system like that in, in Dominica and there's no need for it. I'm not against housing, but I, I do say that if you're going to build housing for people, you everybody needs to have their own little individual plot. Look, I grew up, Margot had one housing scheme. My mom had a house in it. Behind it, we have a thriving backyard. I moved from Marigot, I went to Roseau, I lived in RBC housing scheme at the river on the second, on the lower half. That's where I spent another two to three years in town. My aunt had a backyard and we had things, we had mangoes, we had certain things growing in our backyard. So I feel like it's very terrible that we are going down that lane because it puts us further and further away from the land. But as with everyone, everything, I always like to say, these things should not be what drives us. We have to take the responsibility for ourselves, regardless of the situation that we've been put in. If you don't have housing and the government gives you an apartment, take the apartment but also don't lose contact with where your family land is. Mm -hmm. So you live in town, you're from the countryside. I know a lot of people in Marigot that live in Roseau and on the weekend as on Friday night, you cannot get space on a bus to go up country because everybody returns to their village of origin because Saturday morning, bright and early, is in the bush we used to go. Mm -hmm. In the bush, we would go to the family land for our produce. Yes, excellent point. Um, um, I think we had a call coming in. Is that uh, still with us, um, Landy? Yeah, let's, let's try. Call, are you still there? Yes, good evening. Good, good evening. evening. Good evening. Right, um, yes, particularly... Good night. Don't get jealous. There's a reason why I'm shouting out separately. Um, I've been listening to the program, and um, earlier on, Ms. Thomas made some very critical think that I, I don't hear it being expanded. One is the question of trading, and two is the question of the quality and quantity that we can provide. Mm -hmm. In the case of trading, we noticed that the, on the ascension of the Dominica Labour Party to power in Dominica, they, their focus has been on aid rather than on trade. So they have not developed any trade agreements in particular with any serious country. In fact, the little trades we used to do with Antigua and these, we've lost them to since. We don't understand that the government aid because it is less less accountability if you have trade the average person getting involved in the in the food eat and eat what they produce i remember prior to the to office we used to export we used to export peppers we used to export um, passion fruit, you know, apart and lots of root crops because there were trade agreements for you to get United States. They trade standard measures. You need to go to Jamaica and find out. Yeah, Lambie, I think he's, he's cutting off and cutting in. He might have to call back. Yeah, so call, call, please call back if you can. But let me go over to uh, Bushman and Jody for any thoughts you would like to share at this point. Um, Jody? Yeah, um, I just want to add that <laughs> we've been doing a lot, and I think there are actually individual businesses here on island that have the model and that we maybe just need to capitalize on and see how we can get the other businesses on board. So we have a lot of educating to do um, and just 
making people aware of what they need to do businesses to get their products out there because it feels like we're sort of in a bubble and the rest of the world is out there in a glass bubble. We can see what's going on. We know that we can help them, but like our hands are tied. Mm -hmm. So I think we we have a lot of work, a lot of groundwork to do. Um, even when Emma talked about, I think it was Emma or um, Bushman talked about having acreages of, of land for herbs. Um, and they're so, the processes are not very intensive. I mean, you have the sun that dries our herbs for us. So it's just to grow them, pick mm -hmm. them and let the sun do the work and then package. So and it's it's such a, a billion dollar industry that that we're not even aware of. You know, so I think this is where education comes in um, and letting our young people know that there are businesses besides doing accounting or, or engineering. There's a, the whole herbal industry, the whole cosmetic industry um, that they can tap into. And, and so education is very important. And sometimes I put time aside to actually go into the schools to talk to them about eating healthily, um, using health, um, healthy wellness products, growing their little food, because I have friends with children who would have their little garden, their little scythe and their little parsley, and even learning about how to um, use the top of the carrots to plant back and the broccoli and the, the Chinese cabbage to plant back. So all these things we need to educate our people about. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it starts in the school. So I'm very, very happy when I hear that we have a very good 4-H program. So the 4-H program is actually where the kids get to learn about planting, about plants, how to grow them. And so it's something I see catching on in the primary schools and even in the, the high school. So I think there's, there's more that we can do on that front to start in the school so that they're aware of the, the harmful nature of most of the stuff that they eat all the cheese curls and the conkles and the box strings. Some schools have actually started um, getting rid of the sodas. So you cannot bring sodas onto the school compound. You can only use local juices. And they've even gone further to have juices that are, no, are not um, sweetened so much. So minimum sugar and water, that's all that. So I think all the schools should follow that model. And we, we should start by educating, even in the primary schools, that what we have is sufficient for us. What we have going on island is sufficient for us. Mm -hmm. I mean, our export bill compared to, to what we produce, I mean, it's like chalk and cheese. You can't even compare the two. Yeah, and I'm coming to the call if, we, if the call is still there, but I think we're already seeing the pieces of the puzzle, right? So we're talking about education, especially at an early age. We're Correct. talking about awareness. We're talking about information. And most importantly, we're talking about the networks and the collaboration. Because look at this panel. Look at the, the amount of brain power that we have with three Dominicans. Imagine what could happen if we included other experts in this area, about 10 more, and we are able to bring that, 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 that brain power to the table to figure out how first do we create the markets that our caller rightly told us are needed, the importance of trade. How do we first create those markets so that we then are able to produce the herbs produced everything that is uh, needed to be able to export these uh, products and to feed our own people. Because we talk about the need for bulk, but it's the need for bulk not only to export these important uh, produce, but also for local consumption. Um, Lambie is the caller still there, and then Bushman, we're going to come to you. Let's see. Caller, are you still there? Yeah. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening, Mr. Simon. I really love your program, and I just what you end by saying about uh, we look, uh, we need to look for marketing. But yes. Simon, I don't want to inject politics in your program because it is so timely. When we have water that is, I mean, the world. I, I use St. Thomas, and we drink distilled water a lot of time. We don't even know where the water comes from, you know. Mm -hmm. And for you to see in the amount of water we have flowing to the sea and you're watching me and tell me we have a government in power for 23 years watching us today and tell us 
They cannot export water. People just want to buy our water. Dominica is part of CARICOM. Six million people in CARICOM region. We cannot get MAC for our water. That just showing you when come to marketing Dominica products. This government has no form of expertise. And that's why we're losing money. When you talk about Baselique, Simier Quarter, these are light products we should get on a plane and get to anywhere part of the world. Mm -hmm. but because of how the government, think of it, we have coconut in Dominica. Mm -hmm. When we have a prime minister that encouraging agriculture, he looked down on a farmer that, that producing coconut water for a living and said, what does he can do? What can he do for you? What coconut man can do for you? What can he do? So, so when you think of a level of conversation like that, he's not just looking down on coconut man. He's looking down on agriculture or he's looking down on the very same thing that can give us long life, long health, fresh food to eat. So we're saying before all these things have to take place, the conversation in the top has to change and have to show a little more appreciation for agriculture, for what Dominica can produce and export, for a better living for the farmers and everybody else. God bless Dominica. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Thank you, Carl. Excellent, excellent, excellent point. Thank you so much for calling and sharing. Bushman, let me come over to you for your thoughts. Just to expound on uh, what the last caller just talked about, and he mentioned coconut, and you know, Emma went into more details earlier about coconut and the use of the entire plant. And um, one of the key points I think I don't hear a lot of, or even enough of, is that the young coconut, the young jelly, before it starts making you know, jelly inside, just the water. That is the best eyewash ever. Mm. The best eyewash. And Glenda Schillingford, you are probably still on board. Yeah, she's and, there. Um, one of my lives, you did ask about, you know, uh, floaters in your eyes. And that's one of the things, one of the key ingredients that could get rid of your floaters for you. Young jelly, fresh from the tree, Get the water and wash your eyes with that. That thing is so amazing, mm -hmm. you know. But um, and and to touch on some of the other points, um, previous callers made. Um, I do really want to touch um, on a point. I believe it was from the first caller. He said that America does not, or he does not believe, America has organic foods. That is not a hundred percent correct. Mm -hmm. You have to remember something. America imports a lot of food. A lot of food. America imports most of its foods. And the, the thing is that America does import organic foods. The availability of the organic foods to the general population may be an issue, but America does have organic foods all right so we have to make this clear it's not a hundred percent correct to say that there is no organic foods here mm -hmm. okay now on the other point of everybody should have a backyard garden yeah but realistically we know that is not gonna happen it should be but it's not everyone doesn't have the skill set of growing foods. Somebody has to be the farmer. Somebody has to be the plumber. Somebody has to be the mechanic. Someone has to make clothes. See, see where this is going? So everyone cannot plant, okay? Everyone doesn't know how to do it. And so the question becomes, uh, the we, we have farmers and we have you know, other skilled men and women, right? So the farmers provide the foods. The farmer could go to the market or the mechanic or the carpenter or the mason could come to the farmer's home or the garden and purchase the food or exchange services. 
hey, I have a plumbing problem. You can fix it for me and I will provide you with food, good mm -hmm. organic grown food. See where this is going? So everyone cannot be a farmer. You need to get that clear. Some of us have to do other things and some of us have to be farmers. So we have to support each other. Farmers have to support the mechanics, have to support the carpenters, the architects, the lawyers, the person who has to stay behind the cash register and ring up that local egg and ring up that local carrot and that local cabbage and that local celery and that basilic and that semicotone and the neem and the cacao and, and everything else, the tolomas. Somebody has to be behind the cash register to ring that up, okay? And and so it is, that's just a big a big circle, life circle. Yeah, but I, I, I see your point, um, Bushman, and I think those are important points, but to Amma's point, I think it is also important to have community gardens because there is a lot we can accomplish with community gardens. Yes, we can have the expert farmer who has the skills and the talents for farming, but there's room for other hands. Right, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to the younger children, getting them involved, as Jody talked about, educating them at an early age, getting their hands dirty, get them used to the soil so that they too can become a part of the community gardens and the important roles that community gardens play in terms of bringing communities together. Because now I'm hearing in Dominica, we have neighbors that don't even talk to each other right? They are divided on political lines, religious lines, whatever lines we can find, we are divided. So the role of the community garden, yes, uh, Bushman, having that skilled farmer, but also having that skilled farmer teaching the importance of that community garden or even an, an urban garden where it's not in the countryside, like Ama said, but it is in, the, in town. Somewhere in town, somebody has a big enough yard, you create an urban garden, and there's so many life lessons that our young children can learn from being a part of an urban garden, a community garden, and just learning those skills on how do I... I agree. I think we lost you, Simone. I think she. I think she. Um, just to touch a bit on what she was saying, and Bushman, I agree with what you're saying to an extent too, as well, because we have it where um, we need certain people to take key roles in stimulating the economy in terms of driving trade and economic activity. Am so I back, guys? Yes, you're back. Yes, go ahead. Thank you for holding down the fort. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> So um, we were talking about um, the, the point Bushman made. I think he, what, what he was driving at is if we each have individual roles and yes. we contribute to the economic activity, mm -hmm. those are drivers of an economy. And basically it stimulates economic activity, it stimulates trade, and it stimulates the private sector. Mm -hmm. And it causes people like Jody, who has her own product line, to be able to produce. Um, but I think fundamentally, I agree with Simone that on a fundamental level, everybody should have a backyard. And I'm not saying everybody should grow everything. I grew up again in Boxing Shed Marigot. It was a little housing scheme. And there were times when my mom, we never grew yams and dashing and those things. We grew like maybe um, vegetables. But our neighbor next door, whenever he had yams and vegetables, he would give us. And then we had another guy that would... Um, go dive in and bring fish and we would trade. So back to the point, Simone, of when what we're talking about, which is the point of the, the discussion, which is how do we survive in times of hardship? Those are the things um, that we need to look at. How do we trade our goods and services with each other? Fish for my vegetables. Thank you. I got fish now. Um, the other person bringing tubers, somebody may bring um, citrus and we, we, we trade with each other. Um, other things that we can do is, um, for example, seeds. Seeds is a big topic that we haven't gotten to. Um, saving seeds, saving seeds for times of hardship. We don't know where the world is going. The world seems to be on this tangent, not just Dominica, very bad tangent as to um, food 
food scarcity um, we're not guaranteed to have food in the future so we need to talk about food saving and food libraries um so those those are some of the areas that i have been like really passionate about um we need to know how to compost so for example how do you take scrappings from your garden and compost them um, learning how to have a couple animals in our yard where we can even get biogas from it. Um, we have not touched on stuff like that. We're talking about hardship. Um, you know, if you have surplus, um, so if we're in a season of surplus, bagging your food and saving it for the next season when you don't have. Um, I remember going to Dominica when my kids were there and I would go in the market and buy like $50 worth of passion fruit and I would bag them for my mom and I'd buy fish and I'd bag them. And she would, three months later, she's like, I'm now using the last of this. So those are like tricks that we can use on managing what we have, you know, using our seeds, sharing seedlings. Um, I talked about the tomato, you have hundred seedlings. I don't need a hundred tomato seedlings. So here, my neighbor, you can have five. And five will give you all the tomato that your family needs for two to three months. And there's something else that you can give me, um, you know, canning, you know, we can also learn how to can our surplus and put there for, um, you know, dry days and bottling is also another method of preservation. Um, and, and back to Jody again with her, her product line, I mean, I remember using hibiscus mm -hmm. to wash my hair as a child. My grandmother was from Grand Bay and she was like Pat's Carib. And let me tell you, she, you could not touch her hair with anything but aloe mm -hmm. or hibiscus. She wouldn't let you wash her hair. And so we, we learned from a very young age of what, you know, we should do. And we have that knowledge like Bushman is saying, but what we don't have right now is awareness. This culture, this who we have right now, there's an a, a awareness that is lacking. And I think by having conversations like this, we can bring more awareness to the public. Yeah, certainly. Thank you. Very important points. And it goes beyond just the conversation this evening because I truly Hope that we can get this program off the off the ground. Jody's gonna be the host, right? Jody, say yes. <laughs> and we have so much more to cover because when we look at the role of stress and what we eat, when we look at people not being able to to pay their bills, I know Uncle Sam hit Amma with a huge bill today. She was crying on Facebook. <laughs> so when we look at all the other rising prices and the stress that creates for all of us and how it impacts the food that we eat. So there's so many different angles for that conversation. Um, Am I also know that you're on a, a, a diet of sugar. So we have to talk about sugar addiction, how we are so addicted to sugar and the implications of that. So, hey, Lennon, thank you. He says, great show. Thank you for the message. Lennon Matthew, frequent caller to Q95. Great to see you on board. Uh, yes, so there is so much more to cover food insecurity, the important role of uh, community gardens, even be beyond simply growing the food, the way community garden can bring people together. I had a young man called Kofi Thomas. His parents are from Dominica. He made it all the way to the Ellen DeGeneres show because he created a community garden in Brooklyn. And he talked about how that garden was able to do so much more than he envisioned. It was able not only to feed people for free, but it was able to, to give young people a space to create, to share their poetry, to share their music, to talk about their concerns. People from, you know, the blue gangs and red gangs and all the other gangs, they were able to come together because of the, the, the commonality of that community garden. So we have a lot to talk about. I really hope we can get this new program off the ground and we have the advisors for that new program. We're looking at them right now. So Bushman, Amo, Jody, I'm already recruiting you guys. So I think we did a good job of talking about everything we wanted to talk about this evening. Of course, there's a lot more to talk about, but Jody, let me just come to you for your final thoughts as we wrap up. 
structure. So I really enjoyed this discuss tonight. Um, it touches home for me because I mean, I grew up with that inkling. My dad always, I could not bring a Coke in the house. I could, we did not use anything that was like Bohio and cubes. We ate natural all our, um, our seasoning was natural. Um, our juices, we, we ate everything that we grew. I think we just need to just rewind. We're, we're advancing in technology. Look, we have all this AI stuff. But I think for our self-preservation and self-sufficiency, we need to rewind time maybe 30, 40 years down the line. When our grandparents had the formula for how we should live healthily, you know, <laughs> we're, we're more educated, yes, but they knew what to do and how we should eat and how we should live. So could just if, if we grow our own food and we become self-sufficient, growing our own food is like printing your own money, you know. <laughs> it's like printing your own money. You have, you know what you're putting in and, and you know what it's going to give you in return. So I think we sh awareness, um, that word has been spoken many times this evening, but I think that is key in, in letting people know the effects of what we eat, how it affects us, how it affects our lifespan. I mean, we want to be there for our children. I want to see my grandchildren and, and just living a life that we can help each other too. So if I grow my food and I have surplus, like Emma said, I can share with my neighbor and vice versa. So even that whole could may um, thinking that we had back in the days, like I said, we just need to rewind back to 30 years ago. That whole could may see, um, um, thinking that we grew up on could be used to make the whole nation wealthy and healthy. You know, our health is our wealth. When I say wealthy, that's what I mean. <laughs> so, you know, and so we, they are so, I'm, I'm walking around sometimes in tongue and just looking at the young kids and they're so big, like a lot of children, like growing up my age, you maybe just find one or two, you know, maybe heavy on the heavy side, but now there are so many children who have asthma and who have all these different illnesses, eczema that is so rampant now. And it has to do with what we eat and with what we, we, we put on our skin. So we really need to understand how, what we eat, what we grow, the things that we buy, how that affects our life, how that affects the nation, how that affects the productivity of an entire nation. Mm -hmm. And so we need to go back to the drawing board. We need to get brains like my Pampo and maybe preserve them. I don't know what we need to do, but we need to go back to that that thinking that what we eat and what we grow is more important than that. And some people have that thinking that um, food outside is better than, than here. You know, we have that sort of mentality that yes. that's the, foreign, the foreign products are better than our own. And so we really, really need to re-educate. We need to unlearn some of the things that we've learned and to re-educate and start from young. And yes. I think if, if, if we start to do that, then we're well on our way to creating a healthy nation and creating a model for other countries to follow on. Because we have everything here. We have we have the blueprint. We just have to print it and share it. Yeah, so yeah. Thank my final thoughts. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Jody. And I'll be sending you a message so we can start that first meeting to have that discussion. Hopefully you have some time, maybe even tomorrow, so we can get this off the ground. So again, thank you everyone for being here. We had a nurse and founder of uh, Dominica Garden Club, Miss Halima Thomas, indigenous Bushman, Bushman Herb and Things. Uh, we had Jody Dublin, president of DHBA, Dominical Herb Association, as well as the proprietor of JD's Naturals. So we want to thank everyone who joined us for this conversation on as food prices continue to rise, how can we still improve and maintain a healthy lifestyle to potentially avoid NCDs such as cancer, 
uh, diabetes, strokes, heart disease. And let's face it, a lot of Dominicans are even afraid to go to the hospital. So I think that is even more reason for us to take care of ourselves. When we hear that episode with Matt yesterday on Talk of the, on the Block and the examples that were coming in with regards to the hospital, it is even more reasons for us to take care of ourselves so we can avoid the fear and trepidation that comes with potentially being hospitalized. So I think we have many reasons to uh, take care of ourselves, the energy level to be able to live a full life. So there's still so much more we have to continue discussing. And we want to thank our callers who called in. We want to thank everyone who posted a you comment. You are listening on- to Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. If you live in Canada, the U.S., and the U.K., and are looking for Dominica products, including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts, and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop on BuyDominicaOnline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on BuyDominicaOnline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to BuyDominicaOnline.com and enjoy home away from home. So I think we can all agree that this was a powerful and very timely a program with regards to raising rising food prices and the need to improve our health. So let me just thank our guests, our panel, one more time for being a part of this program. And just to say thank you for everyone who always agrees to be a part of these conversations that help to move our people and our region together. Um, we're going to talk about the um, tip of the week uh, in just a little while, but speaking about moving our people and our region forward, I don't want to forget to let you know that this Thursday, April 27th, uh, we will be hosting a program with four major universities, three out of uh, the U.S. and one out of Canada, as we continue to seek educational opportunities for our Caribbean people. So again, thanks to the uh, creative abilities, thanks to the innovation of Dr. Randy Glean, who has been investing in the Caribbean region for the last 30 years with regards to educating our Caribbean uh, people. He has formed a collaboration with about four other universities who are interested in recruiting our Caribbean students. So you don't want to miss out on this program. It will be Thursday, April 27, 2023 at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live on Push Pass 10, P-U-S-H, P-A-S-D-1-0, on both Facebook and YouTube. And that also means that if you miss the program, you can go back on Facebook, you can go back on YouTube to take a look at the program. So again, April 27th, this Thursday from 6 p.m. And we can already tell there's a lot of interest in this opportunity because we had a program, a Zoom meeting last Thursday, April 20th. And I have to tell you, uh, it was a completely packed room. Zoom only allows up to 300 participants and we maxed out at the 300 participants. And from what Dr. Glynn was saying, there was about a hundred more students who were trying to get in to get access to the information. So again, we are hosting yet another event from these colleges so that more of our Caribbean people have the opportunity to meet with these colleges the colleges will actually be in Dominica and St. Lucia in June, around June 5th. They will be on the ground 
in Dominica and St. Lucia, and they will be hosting Festivus interviews for this opportunity. So again, you want to listen in, you want to view the program on April 27th, so that uh, if you or anyone you know is looking to advance your education, whether it is bachelor's, master's, or PhD level, you want to be a part of this initiative to continue to advance our region. And I will continue to post information regarding these opportunities on pushpast10.com. So P-U-S-H-P-A-S-T-1-0.com will be the hub. As a matter of fact, uh, Pushpast 10 will be the media liaison for these opportunities. So you want to follow, you want to subscribe to Pushpast 10 on Facebook as well as YouTube so you do not miss out on similar opportunities. Of course, we still have the crowdfunding initiative that we started talking about. So there's so much, there's so many ways that we need to advance our people. We need to advance our region. And I am very happy to be a part of these initiatives to move our people and to move our Caribbean region forward. So the opportunity with the educational, um, the universities that are going now, keep in mind that this is going to be opportunities from people as far as Jamaica all the way to Trinidad. So many times when we have these opportunities, we do not include, for example, Jamaica, Barbados, and Trinidad, because the University of the West Indies, uh, we do not want to be in competition with them. But because there is such a need for education in our region, we have included those countries as well. So again, April 27th at 7, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Push Past 10 on Facebook and YouTube, more educational opportunities. And we will also talk about the potential of uh students being able to stay in the U.S. and stay in Canada beyond this degree. So you don't want to miss that opportunity to ask questions, to interact with those guests, and to be able to get your questions answered. So as we move along with the program, let us take a look at our tip of the week. So with summer school, right, with summer right around the corner, we wanted to take a look at summer goals. So what will be your summer goals for 2023 and how you can accomplish it. So stay with us. We will be back in just one moment and we are going to talk about our summer goals for 2023. Stay tuned. Yes, so for our tip of the week this week, we are looking at summer goals and how we can begin already to think about what we would like to accomplish for this summer. So this particular article comes from fastcompany.com, F-A-S-T-C-O-M-P-A-N-Y, fastcompany.com, and it is entitled, Six Easy Ways to Set and Achieve Goals This Summer. So of course, we want to start thinking of summer. We're already thinking of summer camps for Sophia. Um, she's a very artistic um, child. So we want to get her into dance and into art because during the year, she spends so much time on her academics that we want to ensure that during the summer months, she has an opportunity to explore her creative side. So this article begins by saying, most people I know think of this time of the year as a time to day drink by the pool, go to the beach, hang out on the boat. If you know someone with a boat, meet up with friends on rooftop bars and so on. And while I certainly enjoy doing all those things, those activities actually ends the first things that come to mind when I think of summer. What I think of are goals. So do you have summer goals? Yes, I too. Part of my summer goals are always involving around decluttering and just um, getting rid of so much of the stuff, especially all junk mail that gets accumulated around the house 
um, during the year. So great time to declutter, organize your closet, organize um, your life. Uh, I usually set those as the summer goals. Anyway, back to the article. More specifically, which goals I'd like to achieve by the time fall comes around or winter shortly after? For as long as I can remember, that is how I've always treated my summers, going as far back as summer vacation in high school. Summer was a time to explore new video games. So this person just talks about what summer was like for them in the past. But let's fast forward a little bit. You're going to have to work hard this summer to see your goals come to fruition. So the first thing that the author recommends is number one, set your intention for June, July, and August by writing it down somewhere you can see it on a daily basis. Telling yourself this summer I'm going to isn't enough. Instead, take an afternoon or an evening and really think about what you want to get done, what skill you want to practice, what goal you want to achieve, and then write it down. Write it somewhere you can see. Write it somewhere that's part of your daily routine, like on your desk and on your bathroom mirror. And then, excuse me, taking a page out of one of my favorite books, Think and Grow Rich, read that intention or that reminder you've written down out loud on a daily basis. Number two, set monthly, weekly, and even daily goals for yourself to reach and check in with yourself as often as possible along the way. Truthfully, goal setting is easy. Really? Well, it might be easy, but our goals can sometimes feel incredibly difficult to accomplish, right? It's the accountability side of things people struggle with. Well, that I agree with. Instead of thinking about your summer as one massive chunk of time, try to visualize your summer as three separate chapters, June, July, and August. Then break each one of those chapters down into sub-chapters, week one, week two, week three, week four. And then within those sub-chapters, sub really internalize each day that makes up each one of those weeks. So some very useful information. Let's look at what the recommendation is for number three. Don't talk about your goals to anyone except one or two people in your life who will help hold you accountable. When I was talking about my June goal with one of my closest friends, he said, there's no way you're going to be able to do that. Watch me, I've said. I've been putting this off for too long. I'm going to do it. I bet you a hundred push-ups you won't, he said. Deal, and we shook on it. Now, why I even had that conversation with a friend in the first place was because I wanted him to help hold me accountable. I wanted him to ask me in a week or two weeks how things were going and how close or far I was from achieving my goal. Why I don't recommend, what I don't recommend, however, is telling anyone and everyone in your life what your summer goals are. Why? Because science has actually proven that you're more likely to achieve your goals if you keep them to yourself. Oh, so very true. He is literally speaking off the pages of Push Past 10 with that observation. So some very useful information in this article, again, from fastcompany.com. And the name of the article is Six Ways to Set and Achieve goals this summer. So you will want to take a look at number four, avoid making your summer goals the same types of goals you've set all throughout the year. Let's see what else he talks about. Five, create a reading list that reinforces and inspires you in the same direction as your summer goals. So again, I think you will find this very useful because we all know how quickly the time goes by. Before we blink, summer will be here and gone. So at least we want to make sure that we are able to achieve some of those important goals during the summertime because hopefully if you have children, for example, they are out of school for the summer, so you don't have to maybe check on homework. You don't have to be shuffling them around to school and various activities, which gives you additional time for some of the things that you have not been able to accomplish 
during the year. So summer is a great time to catch up on some of the goals that you have set for yourself this year. So again, I want to thank you for being here for another episode of Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone right here on TDN Radio. We will be, we will be back with you next Tuesday at 5.30 Eastern Standard Time for another episode of our Power Up Session, our session to remind ourselves of how can we remain consistent with those goals that we have set out for ourselves. And as we mentioned during the program, we have a brand new program coming up soon that I will tell you more about. It is an opportunity for our entrepreneurs, our agro-processors to get their products beyond Dominica. So we recently had an important conversation with Dr. Joanne Jolly Raphael of BuyDominicaOnline.com that ad that you always hear during our program and some other stakeholders who are going to help us to put this program together to give our entrepreneurs an opportunity to get their products beyond Dominica to the region and to the rest of the world. So again, it was great being here with you for another episode of Untapped Potential. Don't forget for all the updates of what we do with this program, you can check pushpast10.com, P-U-S-H-P-A-S-T-1-0.com. While you're there, click on the missed past episode for any episodes of Untapped Potential you may have missed along the way. So again, don't forget to click on the um, past podcast so for any episodes you missed along the way, as well as our YouTube channel for all our great programming. So this today was a little bit of a struggle. <laughs> My voice did not want to work with me today, but I thank you for your patience. You know, uh, sometimes those things happen. Uh, the spirit is willing, but the flesh and the, the throat is not willing to work with me. <laughs> but again, thank you for being here. Don't forget your life story is your strength. Remember to tap into your potential every day. Remember to stay strong, stay positive, stay engaged, and stay active until we meet again next week. At the same time, you have yourself a productive day.